Rejoicing is to happen without ending in our lives. Welcome to the Bethany Lutheran Sermon Podcast for the week of October 25th, 2020. This is the celebration of the Reformation. And today, Pastor Kevin Kreitzer finishes up our series entitled, Growing Through What You're Going Through. The text for today is from Philippians chapter 4. You can find a copy of the key verses in the show notes. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always and again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always and again, I say I hate that song. I have always hated that song. Now, I realize that the words actually come from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, the fourth chapter. The very words we're hoping help us grow through what we're going through. And I also realize that Pastor Seth sang that very song the first Sunday we started the series. Now, granted, he sang it better than I sang it, but I still hated it. Because the song just keeps going on and on and on, and on. I hate those never-ending songs that just play in a loop, not only because they play in a loop when we're singing it together, but because then it plays in a loop in my head for days or weeks without end. Which I suppose is probably why St. Paul, who pinned the lyrics, would actually kind of rather enjoy the song. Because the whole point of his writing is this, Rejoicing is to happen without ending in our lives. But we can admit it, right? It's hard to rejoice when life is uncertain, unpleasant, or utterly unpredictable. And we live in uncertain times, don't we? Think back to when we started our series, Growing Through What We're Going Through. It was September 6th. On September 6th, there were some of us who were actually holding out hope that we would have Oktoberfest on our campus this year. Most of us were thinking, well, at least we'll be back in the sanctuary to some degree on Christmas. <laughs> Uncertain times indeed. Think back a little further than September 6th. Think back to Reformation Sunday one year ago. Reformation Sunday 2019. We were here in our newly renaissanced sanctuary. It was the first festival Sunday in this facility since its refurbishment. Just imagine if someone had said to you on that Sunday, don't get used to it. On Palm Sunday and Easter, you'll be worshiping at home online. And then on Ascension, Pentecost, Reformation, All Saints, Christmas, you'll be worshiping outdoors or inside your own home online. I would have bet the farm that that wasn't going to be the case. And I'd have lost the farm. 
These are uncertain days. We find ourselves smack dab in the middle of days that are uncertain, unpleasant, utterly unpredictable. Yes, both in the church. What's going to actually happen at the other campuses we're working on? When will we all be back together inside a sanctuary? How are we going to move forward with some vacancies on our staff? Yes, in the church, but also in the state. Will our union ever be united again? When will a vaccine be made available? And will it make a difference? When will the economy rebound? When will there be some semblance of normalcy in our lives once more? When will these unending days of uncertainty end? Or will they? Right now it feels like the song just keeps going on and on and on and on. Of course, we're not the only people in the history of the world to live in uncertain times. In fact, the author of our letter and the first recipients, Paul and the Philippians, they too lived in uncertain times. Paul, for his part, was imprisoned when he wrote these words. And the congregation who received them, they were bound up in division when they read them. Now we're not exactly sure what was going on in the church in Philippi, but this much is certain. They were at each other, to the extent that Paul actually calls out two individuals by name, Yodi and Syntyche. Now I don't know what was happening, but I know it had to be pretty major. Could you just imagine, in worship, whether on campus or online at home, all of a sudden the preacher drops two names of prominent members, calls them out for a dispute they are having. What would lead a preacher to do that? I suppose if the argument were so public, and it risked destroying the entire ministry, the preacher might feel like they have no choice. I've never felt like that, so I've never done that. Paul did. So he did. On top of the infighting, the internal division, there was external suppression of the faith and the fear of persecution around every corner. Paul and the recipients of this letter lived in uncertain times. And this letter is also written to us. Not just Philippians, but Californians as well. That we all might grow through that which we are going through. And though we are at the end of our series, today we come to our last uh, stop in this letter to the Philippians. The stuff we're going through isn't stopping anytime soon. So that we would continue growing through it is the hope. 
but when you're in the midst of it, sometimes it's tough. Think about it in your life. What marks your days as of late? Is it rejoicing or recoiling? Exaltations or lamentations? Which are more common for you? I think it's really important as we look at this text from the fourth chapter of Philippians that we really look again at what St. Paul clearly says. Rejoice in male pattern baldness is not in the text. The apostle does not tell us to rejoice when the computer glitches during church at home or when we leave the field after worship and we have pool toe because the field was so wet. The mouthpiece of the master does not command us to rejoice in antisocial social media-driven agendas. He does not tell us to rejoice in that which is driving us further apart from one another. Rejoice in isolation. Rejoice in loneliness. It's not in the text. Rejoice in lost employment, lost income, lost relationships, lost hopes. Nope. Rejoice in global upheaval around us or a spirit that is downcast within us? That's not what he says. You know what he says. Say it with me. Rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Why? Because the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Our God does not vacate when viruses attack the body or violence disrupts a city. Our Father is not an absentee one. He is not far off. He does not need to be tracked down or paid off. In fact, you can't pay him off. You can't buy your way into his presence not with deeds or with dollars. That's a truth that Paul here shares with us in this letter to the Philippians. And it's the same message the Reformers proclaimed during the Reformation, that God in Christ is near us, that God through Jesus is for us. The Reformers, they lived in uncertain days too. They had a plague all their own. Pandemic, the Black Plague. Their society was collapsing. Wars were raging. The social media of their day, woodcuts and the first movable type uh, print, they were none too flattering of each other's, of the opponents of each other. Threats abounded. Excommunications were leveled. The days of the reformers were uncertain ones. Yet the Reformation heralded this reality, that the only certainty we need is that which God has provided, which he has given us in his word. How certain is it? Well, one of those reformers, Martin Luther, would pen these words. Were they to take our house, goods, honor, child, or spouse, though life be wretched away, they cannot win the day, the kingdom's ours 
forever. Now that is certainty in an uncertain world. Our certainty rests on this. Not a nail on a church door, but the ones driven into the hands of the Word made flesh. The Lord who is near and came near for us. The Reformation is a call to a celebration that in this unpredictable, often unpleasant, usually uncertain world, of this we can be certain. This is utterly dependable, that God is pleased with you on account of Jesus Christ. Though undeserved, God has drawn near to you in the word made flesh, in the word of truth. On account of Jesus, his perfect life for us, his suffering and death in place of us, through faith in this, God has provided us all we need to rejoice always, whatever the circumstance. This is all the certainty we actually have. <laughs> but it's all the certainty we actually need. It's the certainty of which the Word provides, the certainty which the Reformers proclaimed, the certainty that the Reformers and the Apostles before them stood on, and today we are invited to take our stand upon, that God is with us, that God is for us. So even if you don't like the tune, if the meter drives you mad, embrace the message. Because it helps us grow through that which we are going through. The certainty that God is lovingly near us in Christ. That is what causes us to rejoice. Again, I'll say it. To rejoice. Again, I'll say it. To rejoice. Again, I'll say it, to rejoice always. Alleluia and amen. Thanks for joining us today. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found at www.bethanylutheran.org. If you would like to support this podcast, or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. Join us next week as Pastor Seth Mormon shares an All Saints Day message based on 1 John chapter 3.